so yeah, so Kate, you've been uh, you've been going down the Holy Roman Empire rabbit hole, huh? You've been you've been doing Ho- uh, Hohenstaufen, uh, yeah, do- deep dives. What, what? Yeah, I have actually. What is it about it? That's I mean, because like honestly, you know more a little more about this than me. I think that it's funny. I think that you and I have sort of started going uh, approaching the Roman Empire, but from two different. Um, uh, from two different entry points like you're kind of at the high point and I've been reading a book about like Thomas Munzer and like the Hussites and that's like more towards the you know closer to the end even though it like managed to hold on for like another 300 years I think Jesus it ended with the with Napoleon I'm pretty sure but like it was like that's the that's the thing like things can decline a really really long time <laughs> they, they can languish yeah they really languish <laughs> I feel like, yeah, for me, the Holy Roman Empire stuff for me actually started when I was working as a cycling journalist, uh, and I was covering the tour of Slovenia, and I live in Slovenia for three months or so every year, and we went to Ormoj, which is a, like, tiny wine-growing town, and the press room for that, um, for that stage of the tour of Slovenia was in the museum, uh, of the, the Toy Ormoz Regional Museum. It's like, while I was there, I picked up this, like, little book that they had, and no one was, the funny thing was, no one was working in the museum, so you just, and it was like, you could just go in there, and, like, no one was there. It was really weird. <laughs> I just, I read this book, and it's just, like, discovered, like, like little secrets about this one noble family that was really important in the politics of the Great Interregnum, which was between Frederick II and the last Hohenstaufen and Rudolf of Habsburg, the first Habsburg. So you see, like, a real illusion of empires, but what so interests me about like that period is that that sort of class politics of it um, for I think that like when most of us think of the, the Middle Ages, we think of like these very already hierarchical and very strictly hierarchical um, class structures that we see in France and England by this point. But in Germany, it was very, very different. Obviously, you had like an emperor and like at this time, like during the Hohenstaufens, like they're trying to merge the like Sicily and like parts of Italy with. Germany to become like a Holy Roman Empire and this is like yeah. this grand kind of imperial fantasy. Yeah. But like on the like day-to-day life part of that, there was they basically had a bunch of middle managers running the country, uh running like managing castles, like basically doing the bu- bureaucratic work of, you know, a not quite st- it's not a state and if it was a state it would be the most dysfunctional state that ever existed. <laughs> yeah. Wait, it's so, okay. You could manage you could have a job as managing a castle. Oh, yeah, you were just, <laughs> yeah, kind of so, awesome. like, there was this incredible, like, kind of subclass that only shows up in the Holy Roman Empire called uh, the Ministerialis and the, or Ministerials in, in English, but Ministerials were these kind of, they were this fascinating group of people who were half noble, and they were noble, noblemen, right, in social and material status, and, and really in terms of power, but they were politically unfree, which meant that they were bound, for example, to, like, a certain suzerain, usually, like, a duke or, like, an archbishop, sometimes the king. But anyways, like they, because they were politically unfree, like their marriages were planned for them, like they couldn't act in their own self-interest, but of course they did anyways. And so there was always this tension between like the political and material reality of this class of people versus their legal status. Mm. And like that to me is just like 
deeply fascinating because there was a little bit of upward mobility in in this in this society. Whereas, like, if you were really just good at doing war, like as a like a landowning <laughs> peasant, like as like a vassal, right? Like you could become a knight, and right. then if you were a knight, if you were really good at being a knight, like then you could like someone would put you in some dumb castle and make you a burgrave, and then if you were really good at being a burgrave, like by that point you're already probably a ministerial, but then you can marry some noble woman or whatever, and then you're really cooking. Wait, a burgrave? Wait, wait, hold up. A burgrave? What's a burgrave? Burgrave is just the German word for castellan. So like, okay. you're oh, the... so that's a step up from a knight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, t- yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. I like the the knights were basically just like basically their job was to just plunder and uh, you know go at banditry. I think that's like why <laughs> they had crusades in the first place, right? Because they had all these knights and they were like, we gotta put them to use somehow. Let's just send so... them to the Holy Land. Like, so why is it that, that's fucked up because it's always the case that whether it's a, a class in a video game or whether it's like a you know a, a retelling right of some historical event knights are always presented as i mean you get knighted they're always presented as noble you know what i mean yeah. as truthful it, as honorable it's almost the and opposite you're telling me they were plundering no it's thieves. totally not true yeah it's horseshit actually <laughs> yeah but the but what, what's really funny about knights is that like okay first of all the knighting thing is so funny because like they needed so many goddamn knights that it would take forever to like actually knight each one individually so they would just like have have them all come to a field and be like okay you're knights now one massive sword they would just get a massive sword like a trebuchet and just fucking <laughs> like the sword from Evangelion. Now, imagine... yeah, 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 yeah. imagine if you are really excited to get knighted because you think you're gonna personally get knighted <laughs> and instead you, you just show up in a field. field with a bunch of motherfuckers like yeah with like, oh, like 50 other it, dudes like... <laughs> Oh, but yeah, I'm obsessed with this. Like, well, like, it's funny because, like, all that courtly culture shit was basically, like, you can think, I kind of think of it as two ways. Like, one, it's, like, a completely, like, fictionalized, like, idealized society made up by poets. And because poets are, like, what we have to go on in, like, the annals of history or whatever. Because, like, all the noblemen at the time were pretty much fucking illiterate and not writing. <laughs> uh-huh. And you had, like, you know, you had chronicles who detailed, like, historical events, but, like, not with any, like, you know, literary flair. And so, like, you just have the works of these, like, poets who were making shit up and, like, entertaining noble people. That reminds me, Kate, I saw this hilarious post the other day. It was, like... I don't know, some like horny housewife, I guess, in a, one of Bill Ackman's <laughs> replies. And it was like a photo. It was like some cartoon someone had made, maybe even an AI thing of like a busty woman like uh, standing in front of Don Quixote who was like prostrate in front of her. And, and she was like, look at the noble knight. He fights for his, lo- his, his lovely, his love and all this. And it's just like, people were like, I think you missed Dude, the but point. That's like, that was the funniest part of that post was that she's like, you're like a sane and modern Don Quixote, which is like the two things Don Quixote is like very famously not. He's not sane and he's extremely not modern. Right. So like if the you whole know anything thing is, about the character, he's definitely not sane no, at he, all. That's he read so point. many like romances, he went insane. Like he, the guy, like, <laughs> yeah. that's the whole critique of the book. The whole book is like, this guy like These reads fucking way. romances sucked. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> Oh, it's it was that fucking killed me, and there was like windmills in the background. I just like it's just it's crazy. Like like new frontiers of posting, like people finding ways to like unironically say that Don Quixote is like a noble. <laughs> it's like that ever happened. Yeah, well, well, you know, you know what it is, man. I think this is a recurrent theme in the show the fa- the past few uh, weeks or a month or so even. 
um, is just that the loss of meaning, you know, the yeah. loss of and meaning, and how like how how meaning has become inverted. You know what I mean? Yeah. So instead of like the the Don Quixote and the famous character <laughs> traits, right, of of being delusional, actually not being in touch at all with reality, you know what I mean? <laughs> Someone could read that and be like, well, actually, you know what I mean? Maybe that guy should be president. <laughs> you know what I mean? That, that's a sensible man right there. I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. This, Dude, I feel like this oh, is a man. certain subset of like return guys, you know? Like return guys, like track guys are really like kind of modern Don Quixotes, like in their own way. Oh yeah. Like yeah. except for like if Don Quixote was like craven and like a racist. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If Don Quixote had a prodigious <laughs> use of the N word, indeed, yes. <laughs> oh man. Oh it's, god, dude. Yeah, but yeah, like uh well, that's another thing, actually, that's very topical, though. Like, isn't Frederick II, like, isn't he kind of like this, almost like a sort of chimerical figure in the sense that, like, people are always adopting him for their own purposes? Like, like isn't, I, I, I seem to remember, like, I'm not an expert at the, in this period of the Holy Roman Empire, but, like, I think he, like, multiple people claimed to be him after he died. And then I think even the Nazis, like, tried to recreate recuperate him or like try to co-opt him into there so, so he's he's like an mok type of figure in the halls of recuperation <laughs> uh, <laughs> like where the motherfuckers uh, <laughs> like where the worst people of all time claim that yeah actually. well I, he might i don't know from what i understand he was not like uh he was an interesting character in the sense that like he was enlightened he wasn't he was like constantly battling with the pope right but i don't think he was like um necessarily he like, like a dante enlightened person. you know yeah, yeah, yeah. Dante puts him in hell, like. Oh, does he? <laughs> oh yeah, he's big time in hell. Like, okay. he's in hell with the heretics. He... Like, there because like Frederick II was a really interesting guy. Um, basically, like he was raised in Sicily, uh, which was a very multicultural place at the time. That was like uh, like alternatively under like Muslim and Christian rule, and was, yeah, like, there were still Muslims. Kind yeah. of. It was kind of like the Bosnia of Italy at that time, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, but anyways, like the he like received a very extensive education. He was extremely brilliant. Like even like the more skeptical accounts of his uh, of his childhood basically like say he was extremely precocious. He could speak like a billion languages. He basically invented modern falconry as like a te- like and through a text that is still used. Dude loved I mean, falcons. He was- he was cooking. Yeah, he loved birds more than people. It's like absolutely true. He was terrible to his wives. Like him but and his Franzen. birds. Him and Franzen yeah. would get along, probably. Dude, yeah, <laughs> Franzen. <laughs> no, no, no. Frederick II fucked, dude. Like, let's let's make this extremely clear. Like, he was not a Jonathan Franzen, like wilting daisy type kind of figure. He was like a belligerent, like baddie. I mean, he was. He was a, he could be like a total fucking tyrant. I mean, mm. he was at times like terrible and at times spectacular. And like capturing there's like a mythology of Frederick II that like plays on these elements that like existed basically up until like the end of the 20th century. And part of the reason why that is is because there was this book that was written called Frederick II by Ernst Kantorowicz. And this is a bit of a rabbit hole, but Ernst Kantorowicz was in like I'm just going to, like, abbreviate this extremely, extremely quickly. Like, he was in, like, this group of, like, weird, like, conservative but, like, libertine poets in the, like, at the, in the, in the uh, Weimar Empire. Yeah, there's... Like, in between. And he was, like, longing for, like, a big daddy emperor. Like, this is, like, a just Mm. completely, like, 
you know, nationalist longing and like, you know, and Kantorowicz was not a Nazi, um, but like he, the Nazis let him cause he was Jewish, like, and the Nazis like kind of let him cook longer than other people because like they loved that book about Frederick the second so much because it's about longing for like a big German daddy. Mm, yeah. Um, and so like, it's just this, it colored the historiography of Frederick the second forever. But the funny thing is, is it is like, because he was hanging out with, with poets and all this other shit, I won't get into like the weird occult stuff or whatever. You can Google, Google this cause it's really strange. Um, but anyways, like he the book is really beautifully written like it's like i think one of the great conservative works of art like there are some there are occasions where like there are conservative writers who are really just fucking good at doing doing it you know oh yeah and Gene, i think yeah. Gene Horowitz, who was a total ghibelline like was so good at writing about frederick the second yeah like you hate to see it but that's the thing like i think that for the way I understand it. Like a lot of people after Frederick the Second died thought he was still alive, right? Because yeah, the the is it Joaquim de Fiore, right? Like he had uh, come up with this like sort of schematic of like you know the ages of man, and like there would be a coming apocalypse, but it never came. And I think that like maybe people thought Frederick the Second was the person that was going to reconcile all these sort of contradictions and like bring apart, like br- you know, bring unto earth the coming heavenly kingdom perhaps or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's like the kind of part that I am not like as familiar with like in but in terms of like when he died, it like the shit show it caused was unreal. Mm. Like it is I think one of the greatest political shit shows of all time. Like we live in uncertain times now, but like Jesus Christ, if you were like in in Germany, Austria, Bohemia, like any of these places after the death of Frederick II, you are having a really bad time. Like, the number yeah. of, like, coups and, and power struggles and, like, mm-hmm. you know, all of this. Like, I mean, you had the Dukes of Austria, like, fighting the Hungarians who were fighting the Mongols who were fighting. I mean, the Mongols devastated Hungary, which was, like, really important. Like, and then, like, f- like there's this guy, Frederick II of Babenberg, who was just, like, he was known as, like, Frederick the Belligerent because he, like, couldn't stop fucking picking fights with people. And so, like, he just, like, continuously, like, picks a fight with Hungary until, like, he dies. <laughs> like they just kill his ass. Oh, like <laughs> he dies in like a battle, and then but like he has no fucking kids, and so like now there's like a huge power vacuum in Austria. Yeah, I feel like I feel like you can't be you also can't be belligerent without having children, without yeah. having yeah. progeny. You know yes. what I mean? Because you always got shooters looking out for you. You know. What I mean? <laughs> That is so true. I like, kind of think he was an idiot, dude. Like, I think he was fucking stupid. Like, there are some historical figures who I think are just dumb as shit. Like, in the Holy Roman Empire, like, you know, cinematic universe. Like, I think my favorite historical character who's dumb as shit is probably King Andrew II of Hungary, mm-hmm. who was just, A, like, a fucking wastrel fail son. I mean, just, like, a real piece of shit. Like, his father is like, Andrew, my second son, here's a bunch of money. I need you to go on crusade to the Holy Land because I'm religious and very Catholic and good. And so Andrew, who is, like, a piece of shit wastrel fail son, is like, I'm going to blow all of this money basically on, like, hookers and blow. He pulled it. He pulled the Hunter Biden pretty much. <laughs> yeah, he basically, he's, like, the Hunter Biden of Hungarian history. But, like, really, he was just like pissing it away doing like tournaments or whatever Whatever the fuck people were doing to like piss away their money okay i'm king of hungary now and he's like well i'm going to just like sell off all of the hungarian treasury and like all of the royal assets to like these noble people for the shortest term political gain and so he bankrupts the country and then the pope is like andrew there's too many heretics in your country you're giving too many jobs to the muslims and jews like we're gonna excommunicate you if you don't fix this and he's like 
dude, but fuck, dude, the Muslims and Jews are so good at math. God, I fucking hate the Pope. He's always in my business. He's always emailing me about my brother and, like, how I should be nice to my brother. It's like, what the fuck does the Pope know about my brother? Like, and so eventually he's, like, pissed off. But eventually he's like, fine, fine, I'll go on crusade. And he goes on the hugest fail son crusade that ever existed, which is the fifth crusade. And so he goes with, like, his, his like, yeah. dumb, like, the funny thing. He goes with, like, his dumb guy buddy, like, the, the Duke of Austria, who is actually, like, extremely smart and intelligent and glorious and, like, one of the greatest Dukes of Austria to ever do it, Leopold VI. And I don't know why Leopold is, like, friends with, like, this piece of shit Andrew II. Like, they're, they're cousins, I think. But anyways, like, Andrew's, like, his dumb cousin, you know? Like, the one that goes and smokes weed on Thanksgiving with you, like, by the lake, by your parents' house, you <laughs> Oh, know? yeah, hell yeah. And so, like, they besiege Damietta, come back to Palestine, I think, and then, like, they lose horribly. They, like, it just is, like, a huge, shambolic, like, stupid idiot crusade. And, like, Andrew takes it deeply and seriously, though the other's are a little bit more sincere. And he comes home, and he's like, okay, I went on crusade. I did. Like, <laughs> like well that's the one i think like frederick the second got in trouble for that one right because he refused oh, big to, time. to go because like i i you know just from playing like civ five or whatever like you get in trouble if the pope go- tells you to go on a crusade and you don't go like you gotta go oh it's a big time big time <laughs> big trouble go. yeah, yeah like yeah. his grandfather frederick barbarossa died trying to drown fording a river during the crusade and so like it kind of i could totally understand like if your grandfather died like drowning trying to cross a river in the crusade you'd be like oh, this is giving me the ick dog like so he, he didn't even get he didn't give it, even get to fight no, no. <laughs> died like this. this is like thing. dying of like trench foot. You know okay. what I mean? And like okay. World War One. No, before you get far for shot. Henry's dad. Henry's dad was like about to go on crusade and then just caught some fucking pestilence and died before. Like, <laughs> and so it's just like if you're Frederick the Second, you're like, God damn it, dude! I just like became emperor and you want me to go on fucking crusade? Uh, but eventually, actually, the funny thing about Frederick is he does go on crusade. Uh, like the pope is like want, wants to excommunicate him for like imperial reasons now not because he didn't go on crusade but like the crusade is an excuse for like reigning in frederick ii's like ballerness or whatever but he does go on crusade and you know because he's frederick ii and can speak arabic or whatever he goes and negotiates with like all with like the the muslim rulers and yeah. makes peace and no one dies and it was the like, diplomatic and like, the crusade <laughs> Yeah, and he got in trouble. The Pope was like, what the fuck? The You're supposed to like, kill heretics. You're supposed heretic. to slaughter these people. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean making peace? Dude, oh, okay. This is this is the thing, all right? Like, this is the weird thing, right? Like, so, like, if you look at the news today, uh, when I was, when I was like, uh, growing up, what we were always told was that the Antichrist would ri- rise out of the revived Roman Empire. But, like, I'm starting to think that the Antichrist is actually going to rise out of the revived Holy Roman Empire. I think okay. this is, I think this is probably far more, because like Tom has had this theory for a while that Netanyahu might actually be the Antichrist. Yeah, I would I, agree with that. I would concur with that assessment. But like Israel kind of feels like the Holy Roman Empire. Like it's like, it's a Crusader state. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, I feel like <laughs> no. Also, the fact that Germany is involved. Right, now. and Germany is like, involved exactly, dude, and and like America, and like I don't know, it's like, yeah, like it feels like it just, yeah, yeah it feels like all these things just recycle, like over yeah, it and feels over. Like, oh no, not again! Right, crusades, yeah. the Pope. Okay, so like, all right, so just getting into the, yeah, that you know, twenty minutes of Hohenstaufen content, you know, that's that's the good shit right there. Like, uh, that's what I wanted to really talk about, but um. But just getting into like the news this week, like there's like been four separate like headlines of like the Pope. Um, 
He Dude, what's up with the Pope? What's good, with my boy? Yeah, what he, do you do now? He said. What do you say? He said, um, well, the first thing that got him in trouble was that he said, Marxists and Christians have a common mission. Uh, Pope Francis wants the courage to step outside the box and an opening and dialogue for new paths. Christians, as well as socialists, Marxists, and communists have a common mission, said the pontiff, Um, which got him in a lot of trouble because obviously, like, American Catholics are... Are trying to invent Protestantism, too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, where's the... Kate, where do you think... What what are y'all's bets on like where the new anti pope is going to be located? Like surely America, America will have an anti pope, right? Dude, it's got to be yeah. Dallas, Texas. <laughs> yeah, specifically, <laughs> specifically Dallas, Texas. Yeah, like Dallas, Texas will become like the Vatican and become like an autonomous region, <laughs> an autonomous state. That's yes. what they want, dude. That's what Texas wants, dude. Is to be its own country. Yeah, like, I'm just fascinated, Terrence, by the idea of an anti pope. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a fascinating concept. Is this like, is this like a long-held concept? Is this something oh, that's like yeah. cropped up in the past few years? No, like, it's it goes all the way. It goes way way back. Uh, this is fascinating. Yeah, yeah. Various people. Middle have, Ages. Yeah, 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 yeah. And well, and then there's like, there was at one point like when they moved the papacy to like Avignon, there was like oh a, Dante hated that. There was like a third pope. Like that, I yeah. think at that time there was like three different popes running. Wait, around. yeah, three popes battling something like that. I could be wrong. Time. Kate would know more about this than me, but it... <laughs> yeah, this is like getting past the period that is my like Same. autistic special interest. Same. This is okay. So that's the other thing the Pope said this week that got him in trouble. He said that he likes to think hell is empty, and that's um, Catholic doctrine. So that got him in a lot of trouble because like Catholics like to think hell is fucking packed to the brim like busting what, at the seams what, why is that no, what's, protestants what's the power? like to think that protestants like to think that po- like, okay protestants like to think that i shouldn't speak for catholics i do know for for from experience we protestants love to think hell is packed yeah what, what is the what is the logic there is it to make people feel as if at any moment you could join the legions in hell yourself yes Okay. I mean, if like if, so, so hell is hell is not vacant. Hell is like a club that everybody wants to get. It. It's the Friday night, Saturday night spot that everybody well, wants to go. It's to. It's just like I, I read several. Or no one wants to be in. I guess you watch the thing. I read several different like thing pieces on various Catholic websites that are like to think that Adolf Hitler is not in hell. Absolute <laughs> heresy. It's like that's what they you always you don't, use. You don't think the worst person who ever lived <laughs> is in hell? What's wrong with you? <laughs> I think that yeah okay there's like hell has like three people in it like Kissinger Hitler (laughs) Henry Kissinger Hitler (laughs) and um who is who is uh who is uh who is the dude that uh uh, that was in charge was it Belgium Oh, King oh, Leopold. Dude. Yeah, yeah, King, King Leopold, Leopold, dude. Yeah, He's King so Leopold, in hell. Yeah, yeah. Majorly in hell. <laughs> yeah. Those are the three people. It would Big be funny. It would be funny if you arrived in hell and it was pretty fucking empty. There was like six or seven people. Someone's like mopping the floor. They're like cleaning some like, the lobby. They're like, hey, cold coffee. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as you show up, they're like, oh shit, we got one new. <laughs> we got another one. We got another one. <laughs> what did you do, man? How many? How many billions? It's like, God dude, damn. Okay. I feel like. Hell, like being empty, is totally within like Catholic Catholic I- ideology because like the idea of like this of like the forgiveness of God is like one of the most like important ideas 
in yeah. Christianity, but like, right? You know, like I think in the Catholic faith, like God is not nearly as stingy as in the like in the Protestant faith. Like, yeah. I mean, you really got to suffer in the Protestant faith to get the fuck out of hell. You know, like you got to speak in tongues or whatever they do over there. <laughs> oh yeah. Like, yeah. The, but like i mean catholics man you just go to confession like do this your is, penance the, penitence on earth is what is important this like, is um what i'm learning uh, uh, reading my book on thomas moonser is that like a big reason that they did not support infant baptism is that they thought that like faith could only be derived through suffering and struggle and that, like, if you were an infant, you therefore could not understand those things. So just being born in itself and just being it's in, like, this... not a struggle. Actually, the womb sounds like a nice place. It's warm yeah. and dark. and yeah. But just yeah. the, the, the experience of birth in itself is not a str- struggle in itself. That's unfair. <laughs> yeah. That's unfair to the baby. <laughs> That's unfair. That's I don't know about you, Aaron, but I just did this when I came out. I just braced myself and <laughs> just before I knew it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> you just in the There was no struggle for me (laughs) Uh, my mom says always says that I came out looking like I got out of the ring with Mike Tyson (laughs) she showed me like pictures of like after I was born and you know what she was that was not an inaccurate description like I was like black and blue man like I really got through my fucking paces just baby baby Kate just like fucking that is that set the course of my entire life dude I have been a belligerent little fuck ever since came out looking at the doctor like what what you say that's the thing the, the Protestant reformers didn't understand that like some of us to make it here we have to go through a struggle birth isn't just it's not just a walk in the park for for everybody maybe it was for Martin Luther but not everyone is born on a silver platter That's or right. with a silver spoon in their mouths, That's whatever right. the metaphor is. <laughs> it, the craziest type of b- birth struggle, this total tangent, is to be born in... <laughs> birth, birth struggle. The, 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 the craziest type of birth struggle is to be born in call. Do you know what that is? It's like when you're What's born... born it, it's when you're born inside the placebo. What, you Zub or some shit like that? You're, you're, blo- you're born inside the placebo or, uh, <gasps> or the placebo, the placenta. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Women's Health Hour here. Yeah, born inside the placebo. <laughs> it's a placebo. I should let... Uh, make you think you're pregnant. Should not the, let the not male uh, person on this call explain this. <laughs> um, yes, that's... But there actually, there's probably very little struggle there because it's basically like you're born inside an egg, right? It's like you're born that's inside... Like, Dude, I wish I was an egg baby. Goddamn. Yeah. <laughs> See, see, my dumb ass was thinking about like, uh, uh, as another male, thinking about like, what do you be? Are you born in like? Is that being born in like a Ziploc bag? Like, what are you talking? That sounds looks like it. Like, Just Google it. It kind of looks like that. You know, I don't want to Google. That sounds terrifying. <laughs> good. Uh. Yeah, yeah. No, actually, I think birth is terrifying. Like, I'm at the age now, thirty, where I'm like, mm, maybe I should start thinking about having kids, and then I like think about giving birth, and it's like, <laughs> dog. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm good. I'm like, I have to sleep with, like, an orthopedic pillow for, like, minor neck pain. Like, I don't know if I'm cut out for this one. Then I look at the Middle Ages, and you're like, oof, Jesus, man. Like, that... Christ, you know, it really fucking sucked to be a woman. Like, Mm -hmm. just, it always sucks to be a woman. Like, I fully believe it sucks. Like, I like being a woman, and I would never choose otherwise. Like, even, like, 
I, I'm proud to be a woman and like, you know, in all of the kind of feminine attaches that come with that, but like, it sucks. Like, mm. let's be real. Yeah, ca- um, carrying a living, <laughs> carrying a living being inside of you for nine months oh. being one of the many things. Uh, yeah, that's terrible. Like, <laughs> yeah. the pregnant people, they have this glow, you know, they really like, are like, I'm so excited to welcome this baby to the world. And I'd be like, and I'm just like, I feel like I'm like a fucking eight year old in their present, you know, presence, like being like, wait, like it, but doesn't it hurt? Yeah. yeah and you're like, yeah, can yeah. I touch it? That's insane. Like my God. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like, also like, yo, I'd be probably fucking miserable. Well, it's my taking God, your yo. nutrients too. And it's giving you heartburn. So like for yeah. me, I'm selfish. It's, it's like, those are my nutrients. And yeah, a little parasite inside of me sucking off my nutrients and yeah. shit. Nah, man, <laughs> the, um, the, These are my nutrients. The, the, the Pope though, it's like, he's kind of been all over the place this week. All right. So like he said that there, he does it. He likes to think hell is empty. He said that Christians could work with Marxists and socialists, but then he said that peace requires respect for the Universal Declaration of Human Rights, attempts to introduce new rights, which are not always acceptable, lead to instances of ideological colonization that create divisions rather than fostering peace, as in the case of gender theory. I don't what, know what that is. This shit? This is the Pope? Like, what the, what the fuck did he say? <laughs> Say that shit again? Pope Adorno. Dude, dude, no, man. That's like, look, he's still the goddamn Pope. He's still, like, fucking Catholic. Like, sorry. Yeah. It's going to take, like, another 20 years for the Catholics to get around. They just now started blessing gay people, dude. It's not yeah. a sl- it's not a fast-moving yeah. religion. When we, yeah, yeah. yeah, when are we and getting Pope, upset about that. Pope Althusser? I'm, like, I'm upset. Like, I was like, no, dude, you were cooking, and now it's like, oh, fuck, yeah. like... It's like when you see a stand-up comedian, me, riffing, like, and then you, you, like, you hit the end of the stride of riffing, and then it's just, like, kind of petering out, and you're like, oh, fuck, dude, it's collapsing underneath me. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like a like, dawning realization to people's eyes, like, yo, this person actually sucks. What the fuck is this? It's like, she can't keep going. It's over. <laughs> yeah, he's like the dude who wrote, like, True Detective. It's like the first season, banger, second season, like, okay, and then, like, it's just, okay, all right, you just got lucky the first two times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay uh so we've got the pope um let's see this is another holy roman empire-esque uh story this is courtesy of 404 media um google news is boosting garbage ai generated articles uh 404 media reviewed multiple examples of ai ripoffs making their way into google news um basically what it is is that every time you type something into Google, the top results c- come back will be usually a- written by AI. So here's one example was a new site called worldtimetodays.com. <laughs> worldtimetodays.com. <laughs> Hold up. I laughed before I heard that because I just heard some fucking, like, it sounds like one of the fucking, um, one of the magazines that you find, like, the in- inquirers, some shit like that you find, like, at the checkout of the supermarket that has, like, that boy on the cover. World Time what, is the name, what is the name of this fucking publication again? Oh, Wor- World News Today, right? World Time Todays. World Time yeah, right, Todays. Wor- world Time Todays. <laughs> <laughs> we, we are studying the world at this time today. Well, today's, it's plural, actually. World time today's. <laughs> Do we even have those magazines anymore? I feel like I haven't seen one in fucking forever. Um, I think they like do weekly still sell. world news? I think they still sell those. Depends on where you're at. In East Kentucky, they do, but we're, you know, we're kind of behind the rest of the world. So. Nah, man, we need to bring those back, baby. We need to bring those yeah. back. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, no, that was a great literary institution. <laughs> of the 90s. Totally. Kate, indeed. Um, so, yeah, one example was a new site called worldtimetodays.com, which is littered with full page and other ads. On Wednesday, it published an article about Star Wars fandom. The article was very similar to one published a day earlier on the website, Distractify, with even the same author photo. They <laughs> was trying to change it. One, one major difference, though, was that worldtimetodays.com wrote, let's be honest, War of Stars fans. <laughs> Rather than Let's be Star honest, fans. Star Trek fans. War of Stars fans. Um, let's see. Uh Another article is a clear ripoff from a piece from heavy.com. Uh, Worldtimetodays.com d- did not even bother to replace the heavy.com watermarked artwork. That's awesome. Gar- Gary Graves, <laughs> the listed author on World Time Todays, has published more than 40 articles in a 24-hour period. Gary Graves. His name is Gary what? Gary Graves. This motherfucker got an AI sounded name. And how much does he produce, you said, in, in 24 hours? 40 articles in 24 hours. This motherfucker's an AI himself, man. Come on, dog. I, I don't know, man. I have a. I, I just have, as a. And we're all writers here, but um, we've talked about it before. But um, And I've mentioned this on the show before, man, about my greatest fear um, is that concern is that when you Google something, like you Google an artist, right? And instead of finding that artist's work, right, you find yeah, you just like, get weird AI versions. Exactly, yeah. exactly. The, the first images and results, and it's like we talk about on the show, man. Just this recursive, this culture of recursion that we live in, where everything is like a copy of a copy of yeah. a copy. Yeah. But it's like thinking about news in that aspect. I mean, not that it's funny, but I mean, like, not to say that, not to do the the Kellyanne Conway alternative facts or fake news, but like we do live in like like these like silos and echo chambers you know what i mean of news you know what i mean so it's just kind of interesting to see this technology be applied to naturally i don't know just do the function of propaganda itself you know what i mean i don't know if any of that makes sense you know it does i think so yeah i think like also for me like this is so so fascinating i think there was a tweet that was like yeah we had like access once to like the greatest repository of information ever and then like we destroyed it to make like three guys rich and it's like this is the most greek myth shit i've ever heard in my entire life like this is just such this is mythological to me like yes this is like the kind of story you would tell is like the you know, this is this is the tower of babel if we're gonna get biblical in a way like yeah you know, or this is like, or Icarus or whatever. I mean, like such an incredibly like human error story and like human hubris and human greed. And yeah, it is like, it is giving a little medieval and it's like, yeah, okay, we're going to enter a second dark age, which means what comes after that is neo-medievalism. Totally. And it's like, yeah, okay. I made this tweet the other day that I thought was really funny. Like, I'll repeat it because like, I think I'm funny and that's my most obnoxious quality. (laughs) But like I said, like, Born too soon to, like, retire on a $1 million union pension after writing, like, 50 columns a year for a major newspaper. (laughs) Or born too late. Born too soon to see the successful conclusion of the struggle for socialism. Born just at the right time to be an e-minstrel in the duchy of Patreon. (laughs) (laughs) That's what, it's true. That's where we all are. We are, we are in the duchy of Patreon. Yeah, me too. McMansion hell. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah, like yeah, is... like you read those medieval romances, right? And like, like the like I like my favorite is Parzival because I think that's the best one because um, there's like actual like moral conflict in that one. But anyways, like the like Parzival, like 
like when Wilfred Van Eschenbach tells Parzival, he like tells it like he's he interjects all the time with like basically shouting out his patrons like in various ways. <laughs> yeah. He's like, yeah, shout out to the Landgrave of like Thuringia. Like, <laughs> great court, dude. We need to start doing that. We need to start doing like, yeah, mid episode. Just read off patrons. Yeah, read off patrons. Like shouting them out. I yeah, mean, but like in a thank video, you, Derek way, M. Yeah. None of this could be possible without your support. <laughs> I, thank you for the turkey. Like, yeah. <laughs> but this is the thing. It's like you're both right. Like what it is. It's it's. I mean, just it, it is very Greek mythological in the sense that like we built this. We built this thing that is not only like. Uh, a repository of all this information and knowledge, but also theoretically could have the technical ability to aggregate things in truly innovative ways and to like mm-hmm. be able to provide it in ways that is like, you know, never before been seen on planet Earth. Instead, Ooh. we've just populated it with Garbage. <laughs> bots, machines that like make Undermine the content. It. And then bots go and then view the content so that no, I mean, I guess this is like dead internet theory, but like, it does seem like there is truth to this, that like, we're getting to a point with the internet where like very little of it is actually created or consumed by humans. And then you just drop ads in the middle of it and then just, you know, cash the check off of the revenue from that. So people are, we're just paying ourselves at this point or not. We aren't, I guess, but. I mean, it's just yeah. it's just so absurd, and this is a probably a, like a you know a moot point that people have made before. But I don't know, you know, you think about AI. When I was a kid, and I was reading like popular uh, science magazines and all that shit, you know, they talk about AI like doing like the Jetsons, man, like doing all of the things that people didn't want to do. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, but now it's like art, you know, whether it's writing or visual art. And I mean, like, I don't know, man, it's just to think about, like, not to say that the Internet, because, you know, there's this idea that the Internet was this horizontal, like, modern symposium. And I mean, you know, that's true and not true. I mean, there were weird, quirky libertarian guys that definitely had profit motives in their designs for the Internet, you know, but or for social what will become social media. But like, you know, it's just like this, this amazing repository of information where from one kind of vantage point you could view all of social cultural history you know Mm -hmm. and instead it's being kind of just defiled with this technology (laughs) all for the purpose of like so that you could make spongebob fly to the world trade center like i don't know you know what i mean like i don't don't, like and what's fucked up to me is the thing is like you know i get that everything is derivative right and like you know there's the idea of um uh, I can't I can't pronounce the French word properly, but denouement, I guess, yeah, denouement, or, you know, it's kind of yeah. like recoup- recuperation, right. right? But, you know, from the leftist perspective or Marxist perspective, I guess. But what I don't get is like, why would you want to reproduce shit that already exists? You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. I have more respect for people that do AI shit where they just come up with memes like that are just actually if they're insane. derivative they're yeah they're, they're insane they're original you know like what i mean homer po- like homer singing zombie by the cranberries that was dope yeah homer that Simpson. was yeah. really that was my friend is obsessed with that video he cannot stop he's like yo did i show you this already I'm like dog you did he's like, it sounds better this way i'm like you're right I agree. it actually does <laughs> like it actually does. <laughs> yeah. i love that video dude the way it started playing in my brain fuck <laughs> i mean it's like yeah that's i mean that is bottom of the barrel content you know but like 
So what? So was like fucking business cat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, that's a part of memes is like this constant like reproducibility, like until they like become passe or like meaningless or whatever. And it's like, I'm going to listen to like podcasts I'm on, like, that where I'm always just saying like let him cook or whatever or like slay or whatever and I'm like Jesus Christ dude like what the f- why the fuck are you talking like that you know but this uh-huh. is like the part of like mimetic culture you know is yeah. like it has a very short it is like the it's like you know how moths like silk moths are born without mouths and they mm. cannot eat and then they die like 12 days later because their only purpose is to reproduce and die like that is kind of what a meme is it's like a silk moth like <laughs> oh wow no that's mouth. pretty that's a really like, good analogy. Yeah, though. I didn't know that. I didn't. I it's did also not... a horrifying existence. That is a horrifying <laughs> existence. Well, yeah, they they have they live actually the most of their productive lives as caterpillars making silk. I am a silk moth, and I must scream. Damn, fine ass. Yeah, fine ass textile. Yeah. Yeah, I think they boil the caterpillars to make sauce, silk or something. I don't know how it works. God damn. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. I, it, I think it's actually a really gruesome process, but I don't remember. I'm not a textile expert here, but I think it's really gruesome. Um, but yeah, but then when they make it, if they make it to adulthood, then they just have no mouth and cannot feed and die in 12 days. And it's like, yeah, that, yeah. Their purpose is to fucking die. Jesus, dude. Okay, so speaking of breakdown of knowledge and natural disaster and holy war uh, crusades in a part of the world that has been contested for like what the beginning of time the beginning of time actually this this story doesn't really have that much to do with that aspect of this um although it is driven by almost messianic conviction about the world uh i don't know if you guys realize this but you remember like six or seven months ago when Canada was on fire and all that fucking smoke kept coming down uh, oh, into yeah. New York? It made it look like some Blade yeah. Runner 2049 shit. That's I don't know. Cool as fuck, man. I don't know if y'all knew this, but like some of those fires were started intentionally by an arson who was convic- convinced that uh, global climate change was a conspiracy theory. And uh, no, so he wanted to prove what, 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 what was he trying to prove that the fire was not real, like an anti Prometheus <laughs> kind of figure. Like, this is interesting. It's like, I just watched dumb guy, I just watched Op- Oppenheimer, right? And it's like the, oh, the analogy is like, oh, he's like Prometheus, he brought fire down to earth. But like we are now at the point where it's like we have anti Prometheus, it's like yeah. we are trying <laughs> this is like to dumb like dumb guy. Don Quixote, too. Like, it's all the same. <laughs> like, actually, we didn't make any of this progress. We didn't do any of these things for the last couple of hundred years that has fundamentally transformed the way that this planet looks like. No, they, these people... Actually, yo, that's a really good point, dude. That's a really good point. It's, you know, it's, it's like we... The thing about Prometheus is that the gods killed him for bringing fire to Earth. And yeah. does, I guess that means that we are now gods because we are killing... The people that do bring the actual innovative process progress to Earth, we're uh, anti-gods. We we're think demons. we're gods. We're not actually gods. We think we we're are. the Avignon gods. We are the Avignon gods. We're the. Yeah. <laughs> this is okay. Let me re- let me read from this story. Uh, this is in the Guardian. Canadian man who claimed wildfires were a conf- were a federal conspiracy admits arson. Um, 
A Canadian man who claimed That's for- the amazing title, yeah. by the way. <laughs> a Canadian man who claimed forest fires were the result of a government conspiracy has pleaded guilty to lighting more than a dozen blazes during the country's record-breaking wildfire season. Uh, Brian Paré admitted to 13 counts of arson and one count of arson with disregard for human life at the courthouse in central Quebec. Is um, it arson always a disregard uh, no way, for human is life? Is guy from Quebec? <laughs> He's from Quebec, yeah. Wow, I totally thought he would be a guy from, like, really, like... From the Six? Toronto? You think he'd be, like, a Drake? Montreal? Yeah, he's, no, like... No, I felt like... I feel like he would be, like, a Vancouver kind of Silicon Valley, like, you know, like, real freak, you know? Like, oh, yeah. Like, a kind of just, like, excel, like accelerationist, like, deranged weirdo or something. Like, I really oh, yeah. was like, he's gonna be from the West Coast, dude. <laughs> no, I, I was up in um, Northern... I was up around Buffalo one time around the Canadian border, like right on the Canadian border, like canoeing. And there were these guys in in there fishing. I don't, I've never had like such a like out of body experience in the sense that like we, you know, passed these guys as they were fishing and they were like talking Quebecois, like French, but in like a hillbilly accent almost. And I was like, dude, what kind of a <laughs> fucked up reality parrot? <laughs> Like reality shift, mash, mash worlds and universes. This is right now. Yeah. Um. All right. So, like, our friend Brian Paré, he like was convinced. He he was convinced that these like wildfires in Canada were started by the government to prove that climate change is real. And so, it's in an attempt to, I guess, prove them that they were man-made, he started making the fires as well. Wouldn't he expect that the government was going to stop it and say, hey, buddy, that's our job. Like, they're going to have, like, a unit of, like... It doesn't make any cohesive sense, man. He he said after he was arrested in September, he admitted to starting nine fires and claimed that he was doing tests to find out whether the forest was really dry or not. He told the court... (laughs) 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 Oh. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me let me find out if this thing is possible by actually yeah. starting does, it, you know, does just, wood this? burn does wood burn <laughs> wood burn when it's hot and dry <laughs> that's amazing dude this is like dude, this yo, is that's world historic levels of dipshit <laughs> that's amazing this dude. is guy there's this guy in this county that tom and i live in there's this guy that like had a startup like meteorology uh, influencer thing and he, wait what yeah he was what? like trying to be a meteorologist like in the influencer way not like on wait, tv what he make his own weather balloons and shit and like he made, that yeah, like he, had his own, like, he had his own like online weather station and That's anyways insane, it was found dude. out that he was starting fo- forest fires intentionally and then going and reporting on them like uh this is johnny mullen's weather service we've got forest fires right here <laughs> dude <laughs> like, like what i mean okay, he did, like I five or six years for arson Dude, I mean, I, I mean, this is not comparable. I mean, it could be comparable because what if you started in like you know, like a densely populated area? But like, I don't know. That's just like you know, like like committing like a shooting. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then and then stepping out of a fucking a news van that you parked outside. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, first I <laughs> <laughs> we're here first on the scene and, and as far as we know we have seven dead inside like, like I think that's dude this feels like a fucking Kafka story for Christ's sake that's kind yeah, of what, yeah, yeah that's kind, it really is that's kind of what this guy was going for he's like look this is this is all man made and like I just made it but he didn't say that it was him at first I I'm really in love with these kinds of stories because like they are almost like 
parables. And I know what Kafka has to say about parables and, like, his kind of, like, jokey recursive parable bit. But, like, they are kind of, like, parables about, like, the the, the hubris, like, not even hubris, it's just the sheer stupidity of people and, like, (laughs) you know, like, they really are just, like, I almost feel like moralizing tales about why you should get an education. Right. But, like, the one about, like, the, one about the influencer is so Kafka. Like, it is so ridiculous. It's, it's, it's whimsy. It's, like, what it is is the story is, like, kind of this like indictment of how like i don't know this breaking down of meaning you know what i mean because like i mean it's like it's on the one hand i mean he's starting fires right to prove that these wildfires are man-made when actually like you are a man dude and also because of human (laughs) human engineered climate change like he's not wrong <laughs> but at the same time it's just like i mean i don't know cli- the, the climate deniers just amaze me dude because in the year 2024 now the fact that you would deny something that's not even just so irrefutable but that we're actually living through like it's not something that's like a far off projection you know but i guess that's what makes it easy to dismiss if you're a normal guy because it's happening so slowly around you that you don't even realize right it. but like it's just the links that people will go to. You know, I mean, we saw this during the pandemic, you know, like people that died because they didn't want to get vaccinated. And dude, that's a whole other conversation. And look, there were reasons, especially the reasons why people in the black community, for example, didn't want to get vaccinated that right. I could understand. Right. So that's a whole other conversation. But like but, the microchip people. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a re- complete rejection <clears throat> of I mean, it's not just a rejection of reality. It's almost like. I don't even know how to put it, man. It's almost like, again, a warping of meaning and also something that, I don't know, lends injury to yourself. You know what I mean? Right. You know, you know yeah. what I'm saying? No, you know I, know, I, mean? like, I know exactly what you mean because like, there is a contradiction here in the sense that like, his argument was that these fires were man-made. And he meant that literally. He, I think he literally <laughs> thought that like a government official, Justin Trudeau himself, just went out with a Bic lighter. With the Bic light, did, they hire people needles. and pay them with Bic light. <laughs> but like, what is the point? Like, why though? I guess it's like, because it's a. I, I think the reason why, Kate, is because <laughs> it's because the media was saying that the fires were a result of climate change. And he was saying, no, the government went out and made these fires to convince us all that it's actually climate change. And so like, I don't really understand though, why he went out and then did the same thing. I guess. Did you want to know if it was possible to start a fire? (laughs) Like, (laughs) He was doing science, Kate. That's how you do science. Literally literally he was doing science. Like world historic dumbasses. Like, I mean, (laughs) Just like it goes, be that goes like that's a mix of like huge idiot brain and conspiracy brain, and that's a really dangerous mix, you know. Oh, yeah, very yeah, dangerous. It really is. Yes. it really is. Here. It, it really, really is. is. Uh, well, and it's also kind of like this. I don't know. It is this weird thing where like um, a lot of people they dematerialize climate change in the sense that like I think they literally think that I don't know. We've got this kind of like weird perversion of like materialism now, where like people simultaneously they can't believe that like these larger forces would be going on above us like maybe perhaps like ecologically or whatever or in the atmosphere right like everything to them has to be a result of like a direct human 
like a, a literal hand on every single thing. And I can yeah. kind of sympathize with that in a way because like the whole entire liberal bourgeois scientific rationalist project has been to show that like, look, there is no secret hand behind everything. Like, you know, there's no invisible hand. There's no metaphysical yeah. reality. Everything is material. But at the same time, it's like they, they then take it to this <laughs> absurd, like almost like hyper realistic uh, sort of manifestation of that where like everything does have to have literally someone holding a Bic lighter and lighting some. <laughs> yeah. yeah well, I, I think it's, I think it's also too, it's because like, I mean, I mean, I don't even know where I'm going with this, but just sort of this implementation of meta narratives, you know what I mean? Yeah. And the rejection of meta narratives. So it's like even science in and of itself is is science right like big science you know like capital b capital s it's like it's almost like used as an excuse to launder like a liberal propaganda or agenda is essentially what these people believe in you know and the lengths that they're willing to go to prove that as such it's committing arson i mean it's just it's just as you were saying Kay, it's just like kafka it's it's kafka it's unreal is what it is yeah it's just it's it's very surreal yo it is it it 100 percent is um well, okay, so this is that's the this is one more story I just wanted to uh hit on before we leave. Um no, it is not the uh story in the New York magazine about polyamory. But polyamory states that is there a polyamory piece? There is another polyamory piece. Um, yeah, but it's not that one, right? Cuz like No. Are these this I think is, people should write more about having affairs. I, I ignoring polyamory. I think like they people should write more about having affairs. I agree. Like, we need to bring back seventies like John Irving. Having type. an affair is like the smoking a rolled up cigarette version of like multiple partner <laughs> having. Like <laughs> yes, yes. Polyamory is like like it like it is like a like a very complex volcano vape. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. like yeah, takes yeah, a lot yeah. of setting up. Very like scientifically pre- precise. Can't take it anywhere. Yes. Like because it's like yeah. it requires like ex- extraordinary planning to operate. Yeah, people come in there. They're like, "What the fuck is that?" Yeah, yeah. 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 Like you're, that's like real stoner hours. But like yeah. having an affair is just like smoking a rolled up split with like mids. You know? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's OG. It's like OG. Like one hundred percent agree, Kate. One hundred percent agree. Sorry. Okay, but what's the um, article? No, I, Yo, that I was, was that just spoke to everything, Kate. Thank you for yeah. that. I was just, I was just joking. I was referring to Jonathan Chait's headline. Do you remember the ecstasy of electing Joe Biden? Um, Wait, is that real? That is a real. I, I remember the crushing, like weight of the world, and like riding my bike until I puked on the trainer. Uh, yo, how how are these people just not dead from constant aneurysms? Yo, this is insane that let, you could just write something like. Let that. me read That's the. So wild. I just I'm not going to read this article, but let me read the first paragraph. That's insane. Um, we danced in the streets when Joe Biden was elected. Do you remember? American cities staged the greatest spontaneous outpouring of joy since VJ Day with cars honking and strangers high-fiving one another on an unusually warm November weekend. When I ventured down to a Black Lives Matter plaza in Washington, D.C. on a Sunday night, a day and a half after the election had been called, the street party was still going. That was just three years ago. I, I just love I just love that I mean it all we of that we gotta black people <laughs> yeah yeah exactly it's like by the way the blacks were happy I put my arm around one brother no but like <laughs> dude what I love though as well is just like 
I mean, we were just talking about like you know climate change and shit. And just the fact he's in an unusually warm November weekend. Like I just think like I don't know like just as sort of like a hard the obliviousness. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the obliviousness. I guess you know that this guy is uh this getting inaugurated elected at possibly the most chaotic time in human history. Uh, One of the most chaotic times in modern human history. And then, yeah, just like no, this is so liberal, you know, where it's just like it's like opening. It's like we solved democracy, and by the way, also like like you can't argue against that because black people were happy. <laughs> yeah, like, right, 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 right. Exactly. My one like, black right friend in the was first happy. paragraph, like it's like the Black Lives Matter human shield of liberal commentary, you know. <laughs> Dude, this yeah, it is. It's a weird week, man. Because yeah, like Trump just won the Iowa caucuses, and oh, I shit. opened I up. About that. I opened up this New York Times article um, for Biden. Another Trump nomination presents opportunity and great risk. Let me just read the first couple paragraphs of this one. To be clear, no one in President Biden's White House would ever root for Donald Trump. To a person, they consider him an existential threat to the nation. But as they watched Mr. Trump open the contest for the Republican presidential nomination with a romp through Iowa, they also saw something else, a pathway to a second term. Yo, these people are forever fucking losers. This is insane. <laughs> yeah. It's this just is like insane. Dude, just, Trump is going to smoke Biden if he doesn't like stop being like I love killing children. Dude, like, this is the thing, Kate. You mentioned earlier Greek mythology, right? Like everything I have learned growing up from western canon literature is the fucking perils of hubris it's like yeah. nothing i've yeah. been told tells me that biden's hubris here will pan out it always fails i mean dude dude it's like i think like there's just the classic as you said the classic story if you like you know icarus you're flying too close to the sun yeah you know? or Macbeth. And just this i mean i think we saw this with the whole what is the pied piper strategy you know what i mean where the clintons at least to some extent elevated trump because they yeah. thought he would be easier to defeat. And it's just like, dude, this is, I've said this before, but this is like that scene in Children of Men. You know what I mean? Where they're in the fucking car. You know what I mean? And they're doing the ping pong ball back and forth. And then fucking a second later, Julian Moore gets a fucking top blown uh -huh. off. You know? Just unexpectedly. You know what I mean? I These people are so scene. delusional. It's insane. Yeah. This, but, oh, okay. Man. So, like, th those two images, right? Like, Jonathan Che, like, we were dancing in the streets when Biden won. I don't remember that. But then again, I live in East I remember Texas. puking very distinctly. <laughs> I remember not voting and feel feeling pretty secure in that fact. I oh, yeah, I me too. Didn't vote. I remember feeling very much like people always people always say that, um, like, Jonathan Chait in his article goes on to, like, invoke Weimar Germany because he's lazy. And that's what everybody does. Um like oh like oh uh you know biden winning you know we got all these social democratic gains and it's very much like why no, we didn't Germany. what what in the world are you fucking talking about Dude, we my got student loans are still there you piece of shit yeah like kill yourself sorry i remember <laughs> getting very much like july monarchy vibes from fucking biden winning it's just like this is obviously a placeholder not in the weimar germany sense <laughs> like yeah can yeah, i yeah. can i like bring this back to the holy roman empire real quick please in terms of, like, just, like, delusional shit that happened that, like, panned out completely the opposite. Yes, please. Like, so, you know, like, the Habsburgs, right? Right. You know, the fucking Habsburgs who ruled, like, Austria and Hungary for a jillion fucking years. Those Habsburgs, you know. Yes. That lasted from, like, 1278 to, like, the 19th century. Really, like, the 20th century. There are still like, some to live today. 
Oh, yeah, That's and they're making insane. terrible meals and posting them on social media, which <laughs> is really so fitting. But anyways, so, like, the Holy Roman Empire, before, like, the, the rise of the Hohenstaufens, like, was considered, like, an elective empire. Like, the most important of the dukes and, like, the archbishops and, like, you know, the palatinates and wherever, like, they would get together, the margraves, they would get together and, like, elect the king. Right. Um, And so, like, Frederick, or, like, Henry VI... Uh, who is a lesser-known Hohenstaufen between Barbarossa and Frederick II? Like he wanted to make that a hereditary, um, a hereditary position that was like inheritable only through his family. Normal thing for emperors to want to do. But anyways, like once the Hohenstaufens get completely fucking nerfed after Frederick II like dies and like they basically try and they basically kill all of his sons, like because like it is extremely violent. Like they do not want any Hohenstaufen bastard ever in fucking power ever again. But anyways, like, there's a great interregnum, and there's, like, just all these people fighting for controls of the various territories of the empire. And so, like, after about, like, I don't know, 30, 40 years of this, everyone is like, for the love of Christ, we just need a fucking emperor. (laughs) And so, like, but the ministerials and, like, you know, all of the, like, fucking dukes and kings and whatever, they're all petty as shit. And they're like, no, we need to pick some fucking bumpkin-ass count that we can kind of control in order to just, like, kind of keep doing our bidding. So, like, they elect Rudolf of Habsburg, Mm. who is, like, just really a minor figure at this time. Like, he is, you know, just, like, very much just, like, an elite kind of ruling class, like, guy, but is not particularly, like, insane about doing war or feud or whatever. He's just, like, a guy that they elect, essentially. Like, compared to the guys who are vying for power who are, like, really, like, I mean, real king. That's real king shit, like real dukes real like i mean this power struggle and he's like we'll just pick someone outside this conflict what could possibly go wrong and then the habsburgs rule austria for like how (laughs) like what like 700 years like just completely insane so what what you're saying is that we're looking at a trump dynasty yeah exactly 800 years years. it's just like it's just like he's just fucking rudolph of habsburg like some fucking idiot like what could pot like he's you know what could possibly happen how could that possibly backfire yeah you, you, go ahead Terrence. no you go ahead no 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 i was just i was just i don't know i was just thinking that um i don't know i was just thinking like how like we live in this you know we've been talking about rational semi-rational actors you know in previous you know political historical times you know that at least acted somewhat rationally in an irrational system. I mean, people; these are people who prevented nuclear war, right? Realism, um, realpolitik. Real yeah, yeah. At the very exactly, least. exactly. And um, how how much of it? And I guess you could say power has always been this way. But how much of it now, with a decaying sort of uh, empire? Sort of, uh, yeah, empire and economic, at least as as um, neoliberalism, right? As this yeah. sort of heightened mode of production, right? How how much of history is just motivated by people that? I mean, it's like that scene in on Uncut Gems, you know. This is how I win, you know. And then <laughs> yeah. just getting blasted in the face, you know what I mean? Like it's just how much of it is geared by dying men presiding over dying empires or dying entities that you know um are putting it you know putting well, all their chips in the bag man it's you can you can see that it's become extremely decadent in the sense that like they don't have 
I don't know how to put this. Like, and maybe this is a very trite and cliche point, but they've gotten spoiled. Like, they can't even do yeah. like Machiavellian power politics anymore. They just yeah, kind yeah. of coast no, on their th- credentials and like on the accomplishments of their predecessors. So, like, like, I went to Yale. Exactly, yeah. and you see this yeah, with like yeah. Blinken, right? It's just like a very obvious yeah. example with him. It's just like the guy clearly has no. And that was the that was the comedic almost absurd surreal thing about the time profile of him Mm. it's like you literally made a profile about how this guy was supposed to reconcile all the difficulties of diplomacy in the modern age and then provided six examples of him just falling flat on his fucking face and not accomplishing any of these things and they just passed that off like it was like it was you know like great like profiles of history or something it's like dude it's like well, it's no. like it's almost like merit- meritocracy has um, sort of atrophied any political project at all, any political yeah. project that maybe even existed. You know what yeah. I'm saying? But now it's like, I mean, I guess there's also the iron law of institutions, right? Like, you know, this idea that everyone there is just tr- within these institutions is just trying to enrich themselves. You right. Know you know, I mean, so it's look just, at yeah. like mag media too. Like it's just like these terrible writers, like Jonathan Chait. Like these, I mean, it's we live in an empire of fail sons who went to Yale. Like yes, whether yeah, that's Blinken, whether that's Jonathan Chait, or whatever. Like it's all just you know that sounds like an extremely trite thing to say, but it actually is just like elitism is so sclerotic that it is like willing to like destroy itself through mediocrity and like. Yeah. You know, it just complete yeah. fucking in a than it is to like give up power to people who are like in any form of actual merit- meritocratic system, right? Like, mm. it's about those concentrations of like institutions, like in the hands of a certain type of people, ter- certain types of people, and so like that's like you know maybe that is not necessarily like a Marxist analysis, but in terms of like just like just a social observation, right? Yeah. Uh, like it, it stagnates everything. I mean, it stagnates culture. It stagnates writing. It stagnates art horribly. It stagnates art. I mean, it is abysmal. Like how, like just like the effect that only rich people can afford to go to art school stagnates art. Yeah. Like or can yeah. afford to be artists. Like rich, like because like if when, if you have no struggles in life, like how are you supposed to make anything yeah. that matters? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, the, so, yeah. Yeah, no, no, the fail son thing is so good, man, because I think people think about that, like, fail son as, like, an individual thing, you know? Yeah. But they're fail sons because they're upholding this failing, like, necrotic system, you know, their, yeah. own, ro- their own role within it. And they're proliferating this, you know what I mean? They're proliferating this, like, this sort of, like, I don't know, this, I don't even know what well, to call this decadence, you know? It's interesting. Yeah, it is decadence. It's decadence. And what's so fascinating, what I find so fascinating about like von Mises and like Hayek and like the the early sort of architects of neoliberalism and neoliberal ideology is that their defining model of a pristine functioning society was the Austro-Hungarian Empire. This was in the 20s after the Austro-Hungarian Empire had ended. That like they, that's how big like that's how wedded to like loserism they were. They were like, we need to yeah. put restore this fucking society that collapsed. Yeah. That sucked. Like, yeah. yeah, you know that that makes me think about the return guys. It's like it's like it's just like people that I mean, or I mean anyone who wants to like return to some um, 
sort of um national histori- historiography whether it's like people that want to like you know wave the confederate flag right yeah. or people that or like are like Ernst Kantorowicz writing about Frederick II as a big <laughs> yeah. German daddy right right yeah it's just like why why are these i mean it's one thing to be wedded to the past but it's you're right Terrence it's like they're wedded to loserism man yeah. it's yeah. almost it's like these people see glory in losing you know like they lost because they weren't strong enough or they weren't they weren't seen as oh, noble I, enough I yeah it. Listen, say it. i have it i have it i have it okay yeah. this is so important in the 19th century like which is where which is the kind of a lot of like the origination of a lot of this bullshit is actually like the 19th century whether or it's like either the 18th century or the 19th century like whether you're talking about like nationalism or like racism or like 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 race science or like right. you're talking about like but there is like back in the day like in the 19th century like the ruling class loved ruins like this is this was an important architectural like moment in an arch and in, 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 like artistic moment like if you look at like high romantic art from the 19th century like it is just like basically ruin porn of like these great lost empires mm. and like you know the ruling class used to go on these grand tours of italy and spain and you know wherever to, to... stare at a bunch of fucking rocks pretty much. <laughs> yeah exactly so like fantasize about shit. like the the death of like these great empires right? right and like that's what like like medievalism is like which is like the the kind of this is what don quixote is a critique of is like these like returning this like nostalgic longing for like an unreal like a totally fabricated courtly society that was invented by poets in order to like entertain rich people and also because like the actual society that those people lived in was extremely violent exactly. and extremely depraved right uh, like i mean and so, like, in some ways, like, all that stuff is also, like, a kind of trauma response to living in that world. Like, yeah. believing that you're killing people out of love for women instead of, like, the fact that it's just petty fucking land wars. Yeah. It's, yeah. like, like it is a coping yeah. mechanism for, like, the horrible realities of, like, feudalism. And so, like, you have, like, it, and even in that time, it was fake. Like, the courtly culture shit was fake. Like, when it was being made. And yeah. then you have, like, 19th century guys being like, this was the greatest of all times. And even like, motherfuckers back return. then knew it wasn't real. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, I mean, and it is, like, actually, like, the high romanticist, like, ruin porn is a kind of, like, that, these are the original kind of trad guys. Like, they're, they're losers. And yeah. even the Hohenstaufens, like, looked at, like, Roman architecture and, like, wanted to be holy Roman empires. And they made these castles, which are gorgeous. I mean, really fascinating. Castle del Monte, like, any of these, any of the Hohenstaufen castles, like, that invoke architectural motifs from the Roman Empire mixed with the Gothic, and they're really eclectic, really strange buildings. And it's like, there's always been in, like, a, a kind of ruling class affectation for loserdom. Yeah. yeah. Like, all, 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 I'm, all I'm saying is that as a guy who, like, you know, is sort of, um, you know, obsessed with, I guess, hauntology and somebody who posts retro sci-fi art, if you feel like you got to look at a bunch of rocks to feel reinvigorated with some sort of national <laughs> or social identity, you're a fucking loser, dog. Yeah. I'm just going to tell you. You're a it, fucking it does, loser. It does seem to be endemic, not only just among the right and like their return thing, but among the liberals as well. Like, oh, I just, absolutely, I yeah. Just, I thought that like Ryan Grimm had a tweet yesterday that was like interesting because it kind of articulated something that I've, thought too he said early on in this conflict he's talking about israel palestine i told myself that many of the people who were refusing to condemn what israel was doing to palestinians and denouncing it 
critics of it as anti-Semitic would wake up when tens of thousands of people were dead and the scale of the slaughter was undeniable. With some noble exceptions, that hasn't, hasn't happened. He's right. And it's Not like happened. there's people have, people have dug in. And I think that like part of the reason yeah. that people have dug in is because they are under their own sort of fantasies and they can't really understand that like um, obviously something like, like this could happen. Yes, exactly. Like that, that the magnitude of it is so phenomenal. And like a lot of the terms and, and actors, a lot of the historical baggage is so loaded that we can't even really grapple with it. But a big part of it is that the leaders ostensibly in charge of all these things are also operating under fantasy. And so like they can't yeah. even be real with their own um, people, with their own, like the people that they lead. Yeah. Because like, I really do think that if like Biden and them, and they, they were just honest about this and actually tried to like buck up to Israel, you would see a lot of people kind of come to their senses and say like, oh my God, like this is awful. It's this the blind terrible. leading the blind. Right, you know? exactly. Yeah. It's, yeah. Like, it's actually like, that's what I don't get. Like, I understand like from like a kind of political perspective, like about Biden or whatever in Israel. But like, if you look at like did you ever see that like article i think like what is his name like edgar Mungim or however the fuck you say it posted it about like how like hillary was like i fucking hate netanyahu and, yeah like, and like and like fucking and like she tried to like intervene like to, and then biden just like as vice president goes out and like fucking blindsides her and it's like yeah let's give net he's like he just always has been insane about this particular thing yeah and it's like well even like more like in like less insane like but still deeply insane warmongers. Like, if you have a warmonger like Hillary Clinton being like, then Yahoo is, like, off the rails. Like, what does that make Biden? And, like, this is the one thing that, like, I cannot... Like, I understand, like, the structures of power in society. But, like, I actually, like, just don't understand why he is so particularly insane about this thing. Or, like, John Fetterman. It's like, why? Yeah. Like, like, what about this has made you so deeply fucking unhinged? Like, why are you so bloodthirsty about this particular issue? Like, why do you... like? Like, even when other actors are, like, who are terrible, horrible people, like, who have killed, like, like cost many their lives are just, like, this is kind of nuts. Like, and it's just, yeah. like, this, this unexpected friction in, like, the kind of high neoliberal power structures that I, I actually, like, on a human level kind of don't understand. Yeah. Like, on, on a social level, I understand it. But, like, on, like, a human level in terms of, like, what, like, Biden is, like, b- like, but why you know yeah i, I sound I, I sound kind of stupid but no like, no, no, no. We, we've war- spent we've spent the past couple weeks since this has started trying to kind of figure out what is it about I, this dude, why is he so I mean, what, to, to be truly we don't like we don't get it either we don't i think the, honestly the more this develops like i just woke up today to news that like pakistan like retaliated against iran um, so like you've already got like low grade conflict between like Iran, Pakistan, like uh, you, you, Iran and Iraq. Uh, you've got like a lot of shit building, like boiling, right? And it and then I saw this like article, and obviously you should take this with a grain of salt. But these two analysts were um, who you know, according to the tweet I saw, two analysts who are not known for like saber rattling or alarmism are like very concerned with a lot of the moves that Kim Jong Un has been making. Um, yeah, I already launched a ballistic missile, apparently. Yeah, and I think that like I really do genuinely think, and this is the terrifying thing, I really do think that there is probably some sort of global conflict, global armed conflict. Uh, I guess you could call it world war, whatever you want, but I do think that like 
we've reached the historical conjuncture that we've all known is coming. And I think that like, if you probably went back in time to like 1913 and 14, you would probably see global actors doing and saying the same things. They're so dug in to the world as they want it to be. They're so dug into the fantasy of the world and they can't like accept like what was really the the stakes, you know what I mean? They can't really accept like the stakes of what is on the table and what it might mean. That they really are kind of like, like you said, Kate, the blind leading the blind. They're sort of like slow walking us into the wood chipper, so to speak. Um, I did. I think that that's probably. I don't know. It's just. It. It does seem that like people. I, and again, I saw you. I saw you mention this the other day, Kate, uh, on your Twitter, um, the Rebecca West book, um, Black oh, yeah. Lamb, Gray Falcon, uh, and. The there's a lot of different criticisms you can make of that book, but like she's got some fucking excellent passages in there. And one of my favorite. Oh, she's gorgeous. Yeah, it's a gorgeous prose writer. Um, one of my favorite is like at the very beginning, and she's talking about like how people, without even knowing it, can get slotted into these like tracks in life, and then just kind of be like be pushed along. And it is a very yeah. like sort of like determinist, like materialist analysis of things. Um, but I do think that that is true. I do think that like world events kind of like pull actors along on these tracks without them even really realizing it, what it is that pulls them towards it. And I kind of think that's the case with Biden. I mean, I think that's the case with Blinken. And that's the case with all these um, leaders right now who are not grappling with the implications of this. Um, especially, and it becomes especially more and more absurd every time like you see a TikTok video of IDF soldiers like hollowing out a Palestinian's home and using it for like a pizza a pizzeria and like fucking playing with their toys and destroying the you know their heirlooms and stuff like this is real shit and they don't live in that world where this is real you know what I'm saying they live in the the sort of like fantasy construction of it I feel like there's a wrong way I think a common theme of this whole podcast is that there is a wrong way to get into history. Like (laughs) that's especially true of like medieval time shit, which is why like Don Quixote exists. Yeah. Like, but it's also true in the Roman empire, like statue guys and like, you know, ruined porn fetishists from the 19th century and like Jonathan Chait. Like, I feel like it's all just the wrong way of, of looking at history. Like it is just, it is like getting into history for the wrong reasons. Well, I would like, I would tack onto that. There is also a wrong way to make history, and the, yeah, honestly, we're the, doing it. The, yes, honestly, one of the best examples of that to like kind of like throw it back to your wheelhouse, Kate. Uh, just this past week, the um, I think the organizers of neom who we had you on to talk about you know we, oh, we had God. you on to talk about last year like they unveiled their like plans for like the 10 planned regions of neom and like the fucking it is wild if i had to like say it, there's an aesthetic it literally looks like they just watched the villanueva dune movie and we're just like yeah that's good yeah so just make no, it look it like looks ex- it's like basically plagiarized from that <laughs> Yeah. Like they're yeah, gonna I do mean, like I, the most bland, bleak, boring, yeah, looking shit that I've ever seen. I mean, it looks great, but it looks very boring and bland. <laughs> Fucking idiots! Like I, I there's a, like an evil version of me. Like it's like like imagine like like just like the dark version of me, like dark Kate, and I I just see her in my head like wearing an eye patch, like telling them it's time, like like talking to Blink and being like, hit the button on Neom. Like, <laughs> and like the global world conflict. <laughs> yeah. did, did Kate, did you see the, um, 
So the I think the headline grabbing thing was the upside down skyscraper, which is dumb as fuck. Yeah, fuck. that's but so that's wait, stupid. hold up. So wait, it's an up now. I, I don't. So the base is <laughs> is, is smaller than the top. Like, trying to make need? sense of it, Aaron. Is, <laughs> I have to, it, Physics. It, physically like you could create maybe like a counterweight to this that is like and this has been done many times in like plinth skyscrapers and it creates very but not like one where it's like actually all the weight is like pushing down on like a central point like an inverse pyramid or whatever yeah. but like the thing is is they're trying to do this in the fucking sand right <laughs> like you're not talking about like a fucking stable substrate there's here. literally you're talking about the fucking desert a, a like, biblical parable about a man building his house on sand yeah, in, yeah dude. <laughs> Like, the, not to um, be, like, it's no, in the Bible, but... The funniest fucking one, Kate, is uh, Epicon. Um, it is a pair of jagged skyscrapers. And this one is, like, the, the when they try to do, like, the glass line or whatever, or the upside-down skyscraper, I feel like they try to obscure the fact that they're building it on sand. The design for this one is just straight up, like, it just shows the sand. Like, a hundred and... A 225 meters high. I mean, 120 room hotel on sand. And you can, you should see it. It's like they're on stilts. Like, it's just like these weird jagged lines. Man, it, that shit's all going to look like the, the Statue of Liberty at the end of Planet of the Apes when they get done with it, you know? <laughs> like, just like, it's just going to be sunken in there. Like, I mean, it's just like, oh man, we want to talk about some Icarus shit. Like, trying to build an upside down skyscraper on sand. Like... <laughs> Dude, you're mixing Icarus and the Bible. You are doubly fucked. Like, uh, I'm, I'm just also curious how much of the, uh, how many of these people are inspired by like science fiction, whether it's like oh, yeah. cyberpunk or like you know. Oh, it's gotta, it's gotta be. That's insane, man. Yeah, but it's like the point of fantasy, like in from an architectural standpoint, is like it's 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 fantasy i mean like those buildings like we do not physically have the technology to build them right like it like that's what makes them so spectacular as visual images and why they hold their weight as visual images if we could construct them they wouldn't be as spectacular yeah, yeah they wouldn't be as futuristic like you know how many times right. i post a piece of art and people are like well actually technically in real life this wouldn't be i'm like dude this is why it's a piece of art something could never be shaped like that and some guy came up with it and said that'd be cool <laughs> on a book cover yeah that uh-huh. would look slay that's what he said yeah yeah um but yeah, yeah. Um, I think about this all this well, you, all the time, and it's like well, they did an ethnic cleansing to make new neon. Like I mean, we're just we're just doing nesting ethnic cleansings now. Like right, that's insane, man. Yeah, I think I they're hate being alive, dude. They're also trying to do a um, they called the Oxagon. They're trying to do like a floating seaport. No. <laughs> they just, can just name bro, shapes. Bro, just name bro, shapes. This is baby <laughs> shit. It's like imagine a sphere. That's it's a like floating oh fight club island. That's what that sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> That's the floating Dude, island the where they have death matches. Stupid. Like, it's just like, okay, we took something that someone made that's cool and we made it, like, dumb. Which is essentially, like, a manifestation of the entire tech industry at this point. Uh-huh. Literally. Like, like, I actually, like, there's something to be said and something that I'm writing about in, like, the book I hope to write next year about, like, how all these star architects and stuff, like, really have just taken all of their their shit from the tech industry. Yeah. Like, their rhetoric, their, like, you know, sort of startup talking and, like, their, you know, their imagery. It's all, like, just completely 100% lifted. Mm-hmm. You can say plagiarized if you want. To, <laughs> oh, to, no. 
Bill Ackman this will come a, get your ass. We can't. We can't get into this. We are so. We Don are so. We can't get himself. into Bill Ackman, dude. I know, dude. I'm, we can't get into this. I know we're going long. This is a whole other conversation, Kate. But you just made me think about like that intersection between architecture and the tech industry, and sort of it's all undergirded by like this talk of like the future, you know. Yeah. And sort of like our future, you know, this, this, yeah, I mean, they're futurists in the fucking like fascist way, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. But how it's all sort of the sinew <laughs> is like this sleek, futuristic design, you know what I mean? That's yeah. like, I, I don't know, it's like kind of like that's how it was in the 30s, dude. The, the Italians are doing modernism while everyone was also doing Roman column shit. Because that's, <laughs> what they, like, that's what fascism was like. They're like, yeah, you know what's awesome technology and really loud shit? Like engines. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know what's really yeah. cool? <laughs> Forms. And it's like that stuff was like architecturally innovative, but it was still fascist. Right. Like, and that's like, like, well, all the other fucking Axis powers were doing like fucking return guy shit. Like Italy, like as real, like real, real fascists, you know, like the OG, like capital F, they invented the word. Right. Like they were like, they are more like techno fascists. They were like, yeah. actually, fascism exists in the sleek and modern future. Exactly. Of exactly. It's right. about it's about the uh, the inexorable uh, uh, advancement of technology by all by all means necessary. You know. Right. Yeah. And it's a uh, yeah, man. And that's what neom is like. Really, I mean, that is like almost a contrite thing to say because it's like you know, this was a historical thing that happened, and also like within its specific artistic context. But like, I mean, the spirit I think is is it's, so similar. Yeah, it's, and it's, it's and it's interesting. It's not run by. It's not being built by a. Uh, it's not being built under the guise of like this like false community or like proletarian nation theory, as like articulated by like Mussolini and shit. It's literally just like oligarchs. a hotel. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, it's just like it's because like, like, it's like rich... dumber than fascism. It's literally dumber than fascism. It's dumber like... than fascism. It's like oligarchs who made their money on oil and are running a holy kingdom. So it's like Holy Roman Empire on oil money. Dude, it's like, it's dude, like neom. That is almost insulting to the Holy Roman Empire. You know? like, <laughs> I I want to just take a fucking like okay, it, you're right. You're right, but, but like right. there was more. I feel like there's a little bit more fucking dignity there. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Well, it, it just—I don't know, man. It reminds me of um, I'm in love with this show, uh, Apple Plus show for all mankind. Uh, Ronald D. Moore is the showrunner of uh, Star Trek fame, and um, I don't know if this is a thing that uh, Von Braun actually said, um, but in the show, um, a character talking about their relationship says that Von Braun told me that progress is never free. And this was in response to him being questioned about whether he knew that that um, there were uh, Jews dying in the labor camps when they were building the V2 rockets. Right. Mm. But his his, you know, rejoinder is that, well, progress isn't free. And I just think about the fact that I've mentioned this many times, the fact that more more people died building those V2 rockets than people who died from the rockets themselves. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And just that sort of concept of just like, well, I mean, we're going to have to throw like. How many, how many ever slaves at this hotel in the desert? You know what I mean? Like, well, progress isn't free. You know? Right. Yeah. I think that's a good note to end on, maybe. Yeah, yeah I think so, too. It also sounds like a line that would be in Yellowstone. I've been watching a lot of Yellowstone. It oh, sounds like yeah. some John Dutton would say, progress isn't free. Yeah, well, progress ain't free. <laughs> Cigarette voice, like. It's yeah. pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty good. Oh, man. All right, oh, uh, this is a good good place to end on. Um, Kate, do you have anything you'd like to plug? 
Um, I would like to plug the same shit I usually do. You should read my column at The Nation, which is called Raising Hell now. It has a title now, which is called Raising Hell as in R-A-Z-I-N-G. Hell. Yeah. Uh, which is the architecture column. Uh, so... That is, I mean, now like a big critic with a column and a magazine and stuff. Hell so yeah. check that out. Uh, my next one is going to be about uh, like the destruction of arch- of everything in Palestine, mm. herbicide, which is not a pleasant subject, but yeah. um, like what, like there's a lot, there was like outcry over like the destruction of mosques and stuff, but like also like the destruction of hospitals like university it's all part of the same program like there isn't like an architectural exception for things that are like considered that's part that's why herbicide is the way it is is like it does not make any kind of like artistic kind of distinctions between those things it's all part of the same project so that's the next column so read that and then hopefully i'll be writing about like fucking interior design or something again but probably i'll be on the gaza's thing for ever because it's terrible and horrible and shouldn't no one very few other people are writing about it so um yeah despite the bleakness of the subject matter i'm uh i'm looking forward to that uh that article coming out because it definitely feels like uh i don't know just destroying architecture you know as um you know one of the methods of ethnic cleansing right well like and culture history and art yeah. you know what i mean and and honestly Eco- the ecological cost too and i'm not trying yeah. to make turn it into like a doomer thing but like i just saw this article the other day about the amount of co2 that's been released just from like these the bombing and stuff so it's like yeah it is mm-hmm. all of one all of one piece yeah 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 yep yeah. um all right we'll go check that out at the nation you can also find kate on twitter at at mcmansion hell um so kate thanks, thanks for thanks for filling in today for tom we we always love it when you're on yeah, we appreciate it. Yeah, you guys it. are you, the Kate. best. You're the Thank best. You. All right, gang. Well, right. please go support us on Patreon as well, if you can. Um, and P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Trillbilly Workers Party. And uh, a lot of good the content over The Dutchie of there. Patreon. Yes. And you you also have a Patreon, right? So, yep. Yes. It's McMansion Hell. It's my yeah. ugly house blog. All, we're, all at the of, we're all at the Dutchie of Patreon. Hell yeah. E-minstrels at the Dutchie of Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yes. All right. Well, go support us there, please. And we will see you next time. Peace out. Bye. And what are you going to do to stop the crazies? I am scared as heck. <laughs> yeah. Which is why I'm traveling our country. You know, there's an old saying that there are only two ways to run for office. Either without an opponent or scared. So on all of those points, yes, we should all be scared.